Welcome to our podcast, Carefully Examining the Text. If you have been listening to our last couple of podcasts, you know that we have spent some time dealing with Psalm 35. In the first podcast on this psalm, we simply sought to explain some of the words within the text, what's going on in Psalm 35. In our second podcast on this psalm, what we dealt with is the imprecatory nature of this psalm. Why is it the writer calls down curses upon his enemies? And can we do that today as Christians? What we want to deal with today is how Jesus fulfills the words of Psalm 35. First of all, let's read the text from the New American Standard Bible, a psalm of David. Contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of buckler and shield and rise up for my help. Draw also the spear and the battle axe to meet those who pursue me. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. Let those be ashamed and dishonored who seek my life. Let those be turned back and humiliated who devise evil against me. Let them be like chaff before the wind, with the angel of the Lord driving them on. Let their way be dark and slippery, with the angel of the Lord pursuing them. For without cause they have hid their net for me. Without cause they dug a pit for my soul. Let destruction come upon him unawares, and let the net which he hid catch himself into that very destruction. Let him fall. And my soul shall rejoice in the Lord. It shall exult in his salvation. All my bones will say, Lord, who is like you? who delivers the afflicted from him who is too strong for him, the afflicted and the needy from him who robs him. Malicious witnesses rise up. They ask me of things that I do not know. They repay me evil for good to the bereavement of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer kept returning to my bosom. I went about as though it were my friend or brother. I bowed down mourning as one who sorrows for a mother. But at my stumbling they rejoiced and gathered themselves together. The smiters whom I did not know gathered together against me. They slandered me without ceasing. Like godless jesters at a feast, they gnashed at me with their teeth. Lord, how long will you look on? Rescue my soul from their ravages, my only life from the lions. I will give you thanks in the great congregation. I will praise you among a mighty throng. Do not let those who are wrongfully my enemies rejoice over me. Neither let those who hate me without cause wink maliciously. For they do not speak peace, but they devise deceitful words against those who are quiet in the land. They open their mouth wide against me. They said, Aha! 
Aha, our eyes have seen it. You have seen it, O Lord. Do not keep silent. O Lord, do not be far from me. Stir up yourself and awake to my right and to my calls, my God and my Lord. Judge me, O Lord, according to your righteousness, and do not let them rejoice over me. Do not let them say in their heart, Aha, our desire. Do not let them say, We have swallowed him up. Let those be ashamed and humiliated altogether who rejoice at my distress. Let those be clothed with shame and dishonor who magnify themselves over me. Let them shout for joy and rejoice who favor my vindication. And let them say continually, The Lord be magnified who delights in the prosperity of his servant. And my tongue shall declare your righteousness and your praise all day long. No better part of a lesson than simply reading the scripture and getting it before us. And that is the text that we will seek to examine today and ask, how does that psalm speak of Jesus? How does Psalm 35 speak of Jesus? I think if you were carefully listening, you probably picked out several things and several ways in which it speaks of him. In verse 7, you notice, for without cause they hid their net for me. That phrase, without cause, is used twice in verse 7 for emphasis, and it's also used in verse 19 when the text says, Neither let those who hate me without cause wink maliciously. David was hated without cause. So was Jesus. As a matter of fact, he quotes from these words in John 15, verse 25. Jesus fulfilled these words in a greater way than even David fulfilled these words. He was hated without cause. Also notice in verse 11, malicious witnesses rise up. They ask me of things I do not know. David had malicious witnesses rise against him and make accusations against him. Jesus did as well. If you see the trial of Jesus recorded in Matthew 26, verses 57 through 68, and Mark 14, verses 53 through 65, As you look at those passages, you see in those passages malicious witnesses rising up against Jesus and speaking evil of him. Jesus had malicious witnesses rise against him. And verse 12 says, They repay me evil for good. That was true of David's experience. That is true in a deeper way of the experiences of Jesus. Remember when Peter was preaching to the house of Cornelius, and he summarized the life of Jesus by saying in Acts 10, 38, he went about doing good and healing those oppressed of the devil. Jesus went about doing good. But how was all the good that he did 
repaid. It was repaid with rejection and murder and the most cruel form of murder, crucifixion. Jesus experienced the words of Psalm 35 in a way deeper than David ever did. You notice also that he speaks in Psalm 35 and verse 15 of how they gathered together against him. In Acts chapter 4, the Greek translation of the New Testament used the same words to talk about opposition to Jesus as are used in the Septuagint of Psalm 35 and verse 15. Listen to this, Acts 4, 26 and 27. The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. In verse 27, for truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel. The words were gathered together are used both in Acts 4.26 and Acts 4.27. Again, the same words in the Greek translation of Psalm 35 and verse 15. Everyone gathered together against Jesus. Herod, Pilate, the Gentiles, the Jews, all of them gathered together in opposition to him. Jesus experienced Psalm 35 on a level deeper than what David ever did. In Luke chapter 23, they slandered him without ceasing, just as Psalm 35 verse 15 speaks of. You may remember in that account in Luke 23 verses 4 and 5 that Pilate says, I find no guilt in him. I find no guilt in him. And they continued insisting that he stirs up the people all over Judea and from Galilee as far as this place. He is stirring up the people everywhere. They were determined to spread their destructive slander against him. Over and over, they criticize him. Jesus experiences Psalm 35 on a level that David never did. David was mistreated. David was maligned. David was persecuted. And Jesus experienced all of that to a higher level than David ever did. But I will tell you that while Jesus experienced the pain and the mistreatment of Psalm 35 and then some. Jesus does not call down curses upon those who did him wrong, but instead he offers salvation. Notice in verse 17. In verse 17, the text says, Rescue my soul from their ravages, my only life from the lions. Do you know the word used to translate that word only 
in the Greek translation of Psalm 35, verse 17, is the same word that's used of Jesus when he is described as the only begotten son or the only son of the Father in John 3.16. You see it in John 1.14, John 1.18, John 3.16, John 3.18, and in 1 John 4 and verse 9, that he was the only son of the Father. And so my point is, Jesus is going to fulfill this on a deeper level. The first point, Jesus fulfills Psalm 35. Our second point, in spite of the fact that he experiences all this mistreatment and all this persecution and opposition, he does not call down curses upon those who mistreated him so horribly, but instead he offers salvation and calls down a blessing. Remember in Luke 23, in verse 34, Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. He prayed blessings upon those who mistreated him. And he took the curse that should have come upon wrongdoers, he took that upon himself. Galatians 3, in verse 13, Paul quotes from Deuteronomy 21, verses 22 and 23. And says, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus took the curse upon himself and he offered blessings. Now, if you listen to our last podcast, can we pray prayers asking for God to bring judgment upon our foes today? Can we pray such prayers? I believe the answer is yes. But while I don't want to diminish that answer, I also want us to see that was not the method of Jesus. Jesus takes the curse upon himself and instead calls a blessing upon those who need salvation. So Jesus experienced Psalm 35 on a level deeper than its author ever did. He experienced all the mistreatment and all the pain. But Jesus took the curse upon himself and he pronounced a blessing upon those who did him wrong. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And we particularly see our third point that Jesus fulfills Psalm 35 in a deeper way in his death and in his resurrection. Notice the language of Psalm 35 and verse 13. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting. I humbled my soul with fasting. David is talking about how he did good for those who are now rejoicing at his calamity, and he humbled himself. Again, the word translated humbled himself in the Greek translation of the Old Testament is the same word used in Philippians 2 verse 8 when the Bible tells us Christ humbled himself and became obedient to death, 
Even death on the cross, though he was God, he becomes man and takes the form of a servant and became obedient to death, death on the cross, to save us from sin. He humbled himself. Jesus fulfills the words of Psalm 35 through his death and through his resurrection. The word used in verse 9, Psalm 35, verse 9, My soul shall rejoice in the Lord. It shall exalt in his salvation. In verse 27, Let them shout for joy and rejoice who favor my vindication. Two of the words used there to talk about celebration at God's deliverance of the author are used in Acts 2 verse 26. When Psalm 16 is quoted and said to be fulfilled in the resurrection of Jesus, in Acts 2 in verse 26, Therefore my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope. Jesus fulfills the words of Psalm 35 in his resurrection. If the psalmist rejoiced, if the psalmist shouted for joy at his victory, how much shouting and how much rejoicing was there at the resurrection of Christ? It is also interesting to see that in Psalm 35 verse 25, David was praying, Lord, do not let them say we have swallowed him up. Don't let them say that, that we have swallowed him up. And that word swallowed is the word swallowed. The word in the Greek translation is used in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. When the Bible is talking about the resurrection of Christ, And it says that this mortal will have put on immortality and then will be brought about the saying, Death is swallowed up in victory. David asked that it not be said by his enemies that we have swallowed him up. Jesus is pictured as swallowing up death and defeating it by his resurrection. In Isaiah 5, death is viewed as a great monster. Sheol is viewed as a great monster that consumes everyone. I believe it's around verse 14. But here, what you see in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is that Jesus swallows up death by his resurrection. Jesus fulfills the words of Psalm 35 by his death and resurrection are three main points. Jesus experienced Psalm 35 on a level deeper than the speaker ever did, deeper than its author ever did, deeper than David ever did. But in spite of all he suffered and all he experienced, point two, he took a curse upon himself and called down mercy and salvation for us. And our third point, Jesus fulfills this psalm via his death and resurrection. Thank you for listening, and may the Lord continue to bless you.